right, welcome to another episode a Moment with Eric Fleming. I am your host, Eric Fleming, and um, um, as always, doing some housekeeping. So the first thing I want to do is kind of apologize for the last show. Uh, it didn't turn out as bad as I thought it was, but um, I was really, really tired, and I had tried to record the show earlier. It didn't, the technical difficulties. So I ended up recording it later, and uh, I was pretty tired. So I apologize for that. Hopefully you understood the message that I was trying to convey um, in that last episode. The other thing is, um, just a reminder, you know, we're, we're doing something new. Um, so we, um, we've launched a Facebook page. Uh, there's a group attached to that, and then uh, we've got a Twitter account. So if you go to uh, on Twitter, uh, Moment Eric, and follow us on Twitter, that'd be great. If um, you're on Facebook, just look for a Moment with Eric Fleming podcast, and um, that page, and you you'll find us. And basically what we want to do there is just kind of, because like I said, we got a little group that, that comes off of that page. So that's the place where we can kind of talk and all that stuff. The page is really to kind of keep you updated on uh, different shows, you know, that, that's going on in case you missed it. Um, we're still on Apple Podcasts. We're still on Google Podcasts. We're still on um, Spotify. Uh, and there's other networks that that we're on, but those are the three main ones that mostly everybody um, gets their podcast from. So I just um, want to encourage y'all to go ahead and subscribe to that and uh, continue to um, <clears throat> support the show. Um, also got notification that uh, our application was accepted as far as uh, being eligible for an award. I guess the one that we have a remote shot at is Best New Podcast. This is the Black Podcast Awards, um, the 2020 awards. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I'm not really doing this for those kind of accolades, but if that kind of exposure will help increase the audience and increase the dialogue, then, you know, I'm, I'm for that. And I think that's really the gist of what they're trying to do with, uh, with these awards is to let people know how many black podcasts there are and all those kind of things. So, you know, just one of those deals. Um, so, I I kind of want to talk about a uh, a grim subject today because it's been on my mind, and we 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 talk about a lot of the stuff that emanates from what I want to talk about, but we don't talk about 
the actual subject and the actual pain um, that's associated with that and how we as a people have been dealing with that, you know, for a long time. At least, you know, talking about our American experience, you know, you want to go back to Africa or some of the other countries, and you know, it's thousands of years, but as far as the American experience, it's been 401. Um, and the subject I want to just kind of talk about is death, right? So a lot of the activity that has been going on over the last month, because today is... As I'm recording this, is the anniversary of um, the death of George Floyd at the hands of four Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Minnesota police officers. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't just hold the officer that that literally choked him with his knee. Um, solely responsible because you had two others holding him down and another one who just stood there and didn't say anything or yeah so all four of them responsible for that and that's just something I'm not cool with and I never be cool with that right and so we've been talking about in this month about the movement that has emerged and how buildings were burned and how statues have been torn down and thrown into rivers and how people are marching in the streets. But nobody is talking about death. So in George Floyd's case, we had three funerals, right? And really four, because you had three memorial services and then the actual funeral, right? So you had four places where for where people could grieve, especially the family. Um, but you know, and I, and I get it. You know, the news doesn't really have time to delve into all that. Um, that seems to be something personal. But there's a symbiotic reason as to why death in the black community brings out this kind of passion this kind of activism. There's a reason why when somebody dies, like a George Floyd or an Emmett Till, that movements are born. There's a reason why when people like Mega Evers and Malcolm X and Dr. King are killed, People are disillusioned and angry beyond reason, right? There's, there's a connection with that. 
and it's it's a um, it's a frustration when you lose someone in your life that you're close to. No matter how full that person lived their life, no matter how much of a connection you have with that person and how much interaction you have with them during their life, when they're gone, it's very stark. It's a gut puncher because you know from this point on that presence is no longer going to be around you. That person that you had that bond with is not not there anymore. Now, for most of us, including myself, um, it's a loved one, right? Your parent, your sibling, uh, your grandparent. Um, some people even, you know, it's like certain cousins. I mean, if it's somebody that's been around in your life, somebody that has taken the time to show you love and to be an embodiment of love, and now that person is no longer with you, um... It hurts. It's a it's a it's a it's a pain. It's a void. Um, and it changes you because one, you have to adjust to the person not being there, but then two, it reminds you of your mortality. Because just as you were attached to that person that is no longer there, somebody is attached to you. And in your mind, you start thinking about how is my death going to impact the people that I love and care about, right? And so people all over the globe experience that. But in the black community, it's really, really more visceral than that, in my opinion. Now, maybe I'm the only one that kind of feels that way. Maybe I'm the only one that takes it that way or even thinks about it. But um, what I see is that when people in the black community lose somebody. The pain is a little more. The loss is taken a little harder. Um, the void seems bigger than normal. And our reaction is is passionate in a way that sometimes leads to unhealthy or destructive acts. Um, 
and it takes a toll on us mentally where a lot of us feel, well, now that I've lost that person, I ain't got nothing else to lose. That's it. So they act accordingly. Right? So getting back to the big stories, right? The the deaths of leaders, the deaths of unarmed men and women, the deaths of people in a pandemic or in a hurricane, right? It all reminds us of our status in this nation. And I don't I don't think anybody else thinks of it that way. I don't know if Asian Americans feel that way. When somebody in the they're prominent in their community passes away. I don't I don't think that in the Latino community is that way. There may have been a few people because uh, there was a visceral reaction in the black community because of those particularly. And Cesar Chavez comes to mind, right? But I don't know if if a death has that same kind of impact as it does with the black community. And it may. I don't live in those cultures, so I don't know. And I and I wish somebody that did would explain to me how y'all deal with stuff, right? If there's some commonalities, if it's something totally different. But I do know in the black community, we we have because we have so many different things that happen amongst us and towards us that um, it's just it's just mind-boggling in a way that death is Death in the black community is part of the oppression saga in America with with African Americans. And people might say, that sounds a bit melodramatic, especially maybe some of our light-skinned cousins. Yeah, I don't think you really understand. Right? Now, you may have some comparative thing I mean, I think there's generations of white Americans that have a very visceral, passionate opinion about death and what goes on. But most 
just kind of say, well, you know, they lived a good life and boom. And I think it goes to even how we even deal with that, right? Because it's like in the white community, I'll never forget. We had a lady uh, who worked in the Senate. Beautiful woman, beautiful personality. I think her son was like a dentist, and and uh, you know, I mean, she she treated everybody, whether it was a, a member of the legislature or just an average citizen, with respect and and courtesy and all that. Um, and she just always seemed like she was smiling, right? She's one of those. She was one of those kind of people, and. Uh, I never get. We played a softball game. It seems like. Um, we were playing some kind of charity softball game, and that was the last time I saw her. And then, not too long after that, I would say a week. It may have been longer. I don't know, but I think it was within the week. She was gone. And um, and they had the they were they they had set up a memorial service literally like the next day and right across the street and so you know they got a picture so and that was and that was the sign of a cultural thing for me and it just didn't click i'm thinking well it's nice to have a memorial service while we're all here i'm thinking they did it because we were in session and you know catches before we all took off to our various districts and you know wanted to do something in the moment right since it was right across the street and all that i did not realize that I was looking at her in an urn. I see the picture of her, but there was this beautiful, I thought, you know, vase or whatever. It just never dawned on me that was her. Like the next day, that was her in the, in the urn. And when I figured that out, because it's, some people say I'm smart. I'm really, really naive for a lot of things. When I figured out that was her, I was I was blown away. I was like, wow. I mean, when did she pass? When did this happen? All right. You know, and I was just... Because if this sister was black, I mean, we would have had, we may have had a memorial service right away or something, but that wouldn't have, she wouldn't have been in the urn that next day. If she was going to be in the urn, it was going to be maybe that Saturday, you know, down the, you know, or maybe a week later, right? When everybody just kind of, Had a chance to get everybody together, family, friends, whatever, and 
do a nice memorial service and funeral and, you know, get it all done, right? So, it's like it's, it's, it's a sad occasion, it seems like, in the white community, but it's, it's an occasion. It's not an event. It is something that everybody has to go through. And so you try to do it with a lot of dignity. And you do it expeditiously. And you do it orderly. Right? Now, in the black community, we do it orderly and we try to do it with dignity, but it's not really expeditious. And a lot of that is due to the fact that we are in a situation where the majority of us don't have the disposable income to just stop and go. We have to make arrangements. We have to organize and gather people that need to know. Uh, if it's somebody within our family, we have to put together the program. We got to coordinate with the church. We got to coordinate with the funeral home. We've got to. Uh, you've got to talk to insurance people. Um, and that's not a one day process. That's takes a week. And meanwhile people are making arrangements to come because it's not an occasion for us. It is an event. And those of us of the Christian faith in the black community, it's a celebration. And the most common, you know, quoted Psalm, I believe it's like, you know, um, we being may come, for night, but joy come in the morning. The morning is the afterlife. Because, and I guess that goes back, and I really haven't done any research. This is just me expressing, right? But I'm sure it has a lot to do with our slave ancestry. Um... where uh, we sang those songs like Swing Low, Sweet Chariot and Let My People Go and, um, and believing that there's a better place for us away from this earth, away from this nation, right? That we're going to be in this land of milk and honey where everybody has a mansion and everybody is going to be at peace and in happiness for all eternity. We're going to be close with God and Jesus and it's way better than what we're dealing with here, right? 
And, um, you know, I'm one of those folks that believe that that's going to happen. And uh, if we're wrong, we're wrong. And we'll find out when we need to find out. But right now, that's what I believe and that's what millions of us believe, right? Regardless of what denomination Christianity involved in, that's the ultimate goal. All to get together and to buy and buy, right? That's the song, by and by when the morning comes. All the saints are gone and gathering home. We will tell the story how we've overcome. Right? So death in the black community is an event and a celebration. Because we believe that the person that is no longer with us physically on earth is that their spirit is in heaven. And so that's that gives us some relief, that gives us some joy, right? But that's usually with a loved one. When it is a death like Malcolm or Megger or Martin or George or Emmett or Sandra or Eric or Alton Trayvon or Michael when it's something like that, right? Um, it we're not into the celebration as much. I mean, we the family does because we do it with our families they do it with theirs so they their the family experience was sadness and then the home going right that that's the common term that we use if y'all don't know but again most of the people that are going to listen to this understand a lot of this that I'm saying it's for those who may Turned his on and was like, what is he talking about, right? But that's, you know, that's that's how we are with someone we're close to and we love. So family, yes. But for the rest of us, and in this day and age, as technology improves, we went from life still pictures to now real-time iPhone filming, right? Facebook Live. And we see it happen before our eyes. It gives us a different reaction. And then there's the other deaths, right? That They get talked about in a way, but it's 
is almost so vanilla or mayonnaise where it's like sanitized, desensitized, whatever word you want to use, where black folks are killing black folks every day. And uh, just for an example, when my mom passed, um, the day that we had the funeral and the burial, we were setting up, you know, we had arrived and we were getting ready to have the burial service at the cemetery. And I looked over to my left. And of course, you know, we were tradition. We had the suits on and, and ladies' dresses and all that. You know, a few people that came. It wasn't really a big service, but there were people there. And so uh, looking over to my left, there was another burial service going on. And they were not dressed like we were dressed. They were dressed in like, you know, blue jeans and, you know, designer shirts or blouses or, you know. Uh, it was like they weren't really two out there because they were you know it was winter in Chicago but they were not dressed they were dressed a lot more quote unquote casual than we were and they were the reason why at one part of the entrance to the cemetery there was a Cook County Sheriff's deputy at the gate and then across the street there was a Chicago police officer in position and I had never seen that before. I've seen police officers escort right but not just sitting there on duty And it was apparent that this young man was involved in a shooting. It was gang related. And um, and it, it bothered me just as much as it was standing over my mom's grave. And um, I'm going to talk about that a little more on the other side. And we're back. So... 
again, I just, um, when I left off, I was talking about when I was at my mom's burial, noticed that there was another burial going on. And, um, and it bothered me because I knew that it was based on a violent situation. Did not know any of the people over there. Didn't interact with them. They were quite a distance away, but you could see them. Right? And, um, and while I was processing and, and dealing with my mom's death and now home going, I just started thinking about those young people. And I'm sure that they were feeling the same way I was. Because if you're there at the funeral, you probably were pretty close, you would assume. But it, it it amazes me how there's a certain group, a generation or two or three, um, of people who although death is still an event, it's more than an occasion. It's, uh, it's it, it, I mean, it's it's expected, right? I mean, we're all that's that's the way we leave. Um, but I don't, I, you know, it's like more. Matter of factual, I guess. That's even a word, phrase. It's it's so dark how they view their future. They don't they don't really look at a future because they figure they're going to be just like that person they just buried. Maybe in a matter of days. Maybe in a matter of weeks, maybe in a matter of months, maybe in a couple of years. But they're not the young men and women that sit and plan out, what are you going to do? When you ask them the question, what are you going to do in the next five years? I don't know. The ones that get the gravity of the question I don't even know if I'm going to be here in five years. It is what it is. And my rebuttal to that always is, no, it's not. That's not how this works. Not how it's supposed to work. It's one thing to notice that 
Megar, Martin, and Malcolm never got to see their 40th birthday, right? It's one thing to notice that, but it's, it's a whole other thing when you got a lot of people that don't get to see their 25th or their 30th birthday, right? There's some that don't even get to their 20th birthday. And you just kind of... And it happens every day. So, I'm, I might need to go back and just, just to kind of put it in perspective. How many people died that day my mom died. Or even that day she was buried. Right? Because... My mom got an obituary, but I don't know if that brother did. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if his obituary may have been on the front page or the state metro page of the newspaper, the local pages, but not in the obituary section, right? His death was a story. It wasn't a legacy or a life. It was a statistic. Not a lot. And so when we get to that point where we have people looking at death in such a way where they, they don't even plan their lives, where schools for a number of years, since at least the 90s, have burial funds as part of the student fees, right? That um, you see folks still gravitating to despite the, the body count, despite the lives that are lost, despite even the jail time that they will serve. They still gravitate to that lifestyle. And they look at it as family and freedom. How do we fix that? How do we get into a mindset that really believes that people that are not blood related to them are their family? 
and that part of that f- family familial ritual whatever is to engage in activities that the only way they seem to know how to settle it is through death they don't look at life and death the way that you and I look at it and some of these folks are our own children or grandchildren. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, this is to be real about this. So how do we get in their minds? How do we get to them to, to, to understand that the significance of this life that they're living is what they do, what they contribute, what they, what positive influence they had instead of believing that havoc and chaos and death is freedom. If I had to answer to that, God only knows. But we need to be seeking that. We need to change that misery index in our community and start understanding that life and love is more important than death and destruction. Because I find it hard the older I get to make the argument that we need to be respected as human beings to white people, especially white people in power that their sole purpose is to protect the institutions that created this systemic racism and benefit from it, right? It's hard to make that argument that my life matters and that other black people's lives matter when you can go to Southwest Atlanta see an 80 year old man get shot in his own house because there was some young black men who were looking for another young black man to kill well they killed a black man but he wasn't young How can we be mad about what happened to Martin and Megger and Emmett 
Trayvon or George. He's not getting um No. Yeah, George. How could we be so mad and upset about that when death is all around us to the point where it's like we don't even acknowledge consciously that when you read that story about a youth was killed over here or this apartment complex or um, arguing or um, you know somebody got shot and killed at a gas station for carjacking or attempted robbery whatever we 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 read or hear these stories and we just kind of gloss over the fact that these are black people just like Medgar, Malcolm, and Martin. And we we don't get caught up in the loss. Not less the victim was related to us. And then we have the typical reaction of someone that we love being gone, being taken away. And then we ask the question, why? But we don't think about the fact that when others were being killed, we didn't ask why. You understand what I'm saying? It's not so much that I'm trying to be critical, but I think we need to address it. I think we need to address death in our community in a in the way, the serious way. so that we can minimize it. You can't do anything about a pandemic other than trying to follow guidelines so we won't get sick and we won't put our loved ones in danger, right? We can do a few things until we get a vaccine. But it's one of those things where if you get the virus, you gotta you gotta hope that you're not in a bad situation with it. And if you are, you know, and if people die from it, it's sad. And it's, and you but you're powerless really. You, you know, the medical professionals couldn't save us. I mean it was our time. Right. But, you know, we can do some things, but not a lot.
you know, when hurricanes come, tornadoes, other disasters come. We understand that as unfortunate as it is, there'll be a loss of life for that. But there is nothing to be acceptable about to think that every day a young black male or young black female has to die because of gun violence. Or just violence, period. That should not be acceptable at all. That should be alarming to us. And yet it is not. Again, if it happens to us personally, someone we know, someone we care about, if we're injured and we have a near-death experience, we pay attention. But most of the time we see that news story or read that news story and we're totally detached. And I think we have to change that. I think we have to engage a lot more. I think those people who are elected, I think those people that do public service through nonprofits, I just, just, you know, those who do social work, those that, even the police. And not necessarily in a strict law enforcement way, but I mean, even in this contention time, contentious time, you're still leaders. Right? And so at some point, leaders have to address it. And at some point, people have to address these young folks and basically say, look, whatever you are doing, whatever you're dealing with, is there another viable solution for you to do what you want to do? Without costing lives. If there really isn't a way to do that, then you need to stop. Because statistically, one of the things I just have to remind black people that, yeah, if you live in Atlanta or you live in Jackson, Mississippi or Chicago or Houston or uh, New York, L.A. or whatever, any major urban city, D.C., if you, you think there ain't nothing but black people, right? But we only make up, prior to this census being counted officially, 12% of the population nationwide. 12. I think the Latino community is at 13. 
Asian community is getting close. I think they're maybe at 10 or 11. Right? So we're not as expendable You know, I see, you know, people be like, well, all lives matter. It's like, look, we ain't talking about all lives. We're talking about black folks right now. And we have a legitimate claim to express it in that narrow of a facet because in the governing document of this nation, at one time it said... We were only three-fifths of a human being, so therefore it had to be what? Amended. So all throughout the history of this nation, we have had to remind folks time and time again that our lives matter. We've had to do that. But again, it's hard to get them to embrace it if we don't have a total buy-in. Black lives don't just matter when we interact with police officers. Black lives don't just matter when we interact with elected officials. Black lives don't just matter when we interact with Wall Street. Black lives should matter in the hood. Black lives should matter to each other. And when someone dies... in a nonviolent way because of illness, natural causes. It's all right to grieve and then move on thinking more pleasant thoughts about the peace that they're in. But when I think about young people dying, you don't know what potential they had. I don't find any peace in that at all. And we as a people should not feel peaceful about that at all. Yeah, we talk a lot of shit in our rap music. We play the dozens a lot at our jobs. We started doing it at the playground and we just carried on, right? We talk a lot of smack in a lot of different scenarios. At a sporting event. But It should never escalate 
matter how we're riffing it, it should never escalate to the point where a life has to be lost. Nothing we do should encourage us killing each other. Like I said, rap music, they talk a lot of shit, but we saw how that worked out, right? With Biggie and Tupac. Let's go there. I don't know, but it, but I know that it, it impacts us when it's personal. It impacts us when it's national, right, or even international, because all three, Megger, Martin, and, well, Martin and Malcolm were definitely Internationally, Mega maybe not so much during his lifetime, but afterwards. But they were national figures. And so we grieve the way heroes should be grieved, right? But we we don't grieve our young. We don't make those tragic deaths teachable moments to get young people out of that environment, that mindset, that mentality so I you know I get it from the traditional sense why black folks are eager to die in a sense because there's always that belief that what's beyond is way better than here. It's true. But it just can't be all right with hundreds of black men being killed every year this can't be alright or black women this can't be alright and we gotta do something about it we gotta fix it
because I don't think we're expendable. I think every life in the black community can contribute. And I would love to see us as a people reach our full potential. We've always had glimmers. We've already had glances. We've always had hopes. But I really, really like to see for real. I was told a long time ago that the most important thing documented on a tombstone is the dash between the year that that person was born and the year that they died. The dash that has no data on it, but it's the dash because the dash symbolizes that there was a life lived. Right? So anyway, I just think we got to do better with our folks. And I think, you know, when you grasp the subject of death, you have to understand is inevitability and the magnitude of it. But if you live a life, then you shouldn't be worried about how you're going to die. Just keep focusing on living that life. But for those of us who are living our lives, those of us who are in a position, we got to do everything we possibly can. We got to figure out a way to get this generation, the previous generation, the generation before, to focus in on letting these young folks know that they're not expendable that they're not disposable, that their life has value and could have even more value. And I think if we do that, I think it makes our arguments to the rest of the world more salient. Because if we don't, there's always gonna be that duality, dichotomy argument. I'm not really feeling that, but some people address it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's it's just time to it's time to do something. So on that note, everybody stay healthy, safe, and um,
until the next time.